And when we look at the future of work as part of our mission, we know that community colleges prepare students not just only for transfer to a four-year college, but also prepare students for careers and high-paying jobs. And it's work around workforce development, working with our industry partners to really bring them to the table to make sure that our curriculum and our community colleges and our higher education systems meet the needs of industry. And we know that the labor market is changing rapidly. And so now working closely on the higher education issues for California and as the chair, we make recommendations on hundreds of pieces of legislation to look at issues on community colleges for our segments of higher education. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Vice President of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Future of Work podcast. I am your host, Salvatrice Kumo. Today, we will discuss the California Higher Education Committee and what it does for education in California. We will also talk about barriers in higher education for students and how we, as a higher education institutions, can better prepare our students for the workforce. And we have the perfect person to have this conversation with us today. With that being said, we are very excited to welcome Assemblymember Mike Fong, representing the 49th District. Assemblymember Fong is the current chair of the Assembly Higher Education Committee and serves on the Appropriations, Banking and Finance, Budget, Budget Subcommittee 2 on Education Finance, and Arts, Entertainment, Sports, Tourism, and Internet Media Committees. He also serves as the Assembly Vice Chair of the Asian American and Pacific Islander Legislative Caucus. Prior to his election to the California Assembly, Assemblymember Fong served as a trustee of the Los Angeles Community College District, where he pushed forward policies that increased student success, improved educational access and equity, and expanded workforce education and high growth sector training programs at nine community colleges, serving over 250,000 students across Los Angeles and surrounding cities. Thank you for joining us today, Assemblymember Fong. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me here today. Really impressive as I'm reading this. You know, I just I was thinking about, you know, our work here and your work specifically. And in preparing for our conversation, I thought, my goodness, there's so much that you have been a part of, that you have done, and that you have pushed forward. And I want to take a moment to thank you for that. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you for everything you do at Pasadena College and for everything you do in the community. You're very welcome. How about we just get started? The first thing, you know, I always ask at our podcast interviews is how we got to where we are. So having been a long serving public servant, if you can tell us a little bit about your career and what led you here. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Dr. Kumu, for having me here today. And I've been a big fan of the Future Work podcast at Pasadena City College for many years now. And so I'm honored to join you here today. In terms of my career in the public sector, I've been inspired by my parents. Both my parents worked in the public sector. My mom served as a library assistant at the Chinatown Library for over 40 years. My dad worked at County USC Medical Center as a patient financial services worker for over 30 years. And from them, I learned the ethos of giving back and serving the community. When I was in high school, I went to Bravo High School in the east side of Los Angeles. I got involved with student government and during my high school years. And from there, when I went to UCLA, I got involved with the Community Service Commission at UCLA and got involved with student government. And it really gave me an opportunity to get involved in the community in the greater Southern California area. And from there, I was very honored to serve the city of Los Angeles in a variety of roles at the mayor's office, at a city council office, in the economic and workforce development department, in the community development department and the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment. And in those roles, I had an opportunity to work closely with our communities of Los Angeles and Southern California, but also an opportunity to work on job training programs with the community colleges and had an opportunity to take a run for the Los Angeles Community College District. And I was very honored to serve on that board. And we know the power and promise of higher education, whether it's at PCC, whether it's at the LA Community Colleges or any of our community colleges in California to transform lives and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my parents actually meeting at a community college. They met at Los Angeles City College in the <laughs> mid-60s. And so they were both the first in their families to attend higher education here in the United States. And I'm very grateful to the community colleges for bringing my parents together. So I've been very honored to serve in the public sector and now very honored to serve in the California State Assembly. That's beautiful. I didn't know that story. I didn't know that your parents met at a community college. Very good. Everything's always so interconnected. And I love to hear the background stories because... It shares so much more than what we can find on the internet, on paper, right? There's yes. beauty behind the story. And I thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. You know, another beautiful highlight and impressive highlight is you're most recently appointed as the chair of the Higher Education Committee. And as you just mentioned earlier, you're previously elected at one of the largest community college districts, LACCD, and your work there. What does that mean for you? What does that mean to you, I should say, to be a part of the Higher Education Committee and most recently as chair? I'm very honored to serve as the chair of the Higher Education Committee for the California State Assembly. I'm very grateful to the speaker for that appointment. And the opportunity to serve and to continue to work around expanding access to higher education opportunities in California. As trustee for the Los Angeles Community College District, we worked hard to expand opportunities for first-generation students, for students coming out of the justice system, for immigrant students, for students throughout Los Angeles and throughout the San Gabriel Valley to really look at job training programs, to look at transfer programs, to look at opportunities for our students to have a better tomorrow by getting a better skill set, to continue their education at a four-year university and beyond. And at Los Angeles Community College District, I had a very much an opportunity to work closely with my colleagues to work on LA College Promise with then Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti on expanding opportunities to make community college free in Los Angeles. And from there, we work closely with Assembly Member Miguel Santiago, who I currently have an opportunity to serve with, 
when I was a trustee, I worked closely with Summer Santiago and the legislature on expanding opportunities for our students in the Los Angeles Community College District to expand job training programs, to expand those associate degree for transfer programs and expand dual enrollment programs. And now as the chair of the Higher Education Committee, I'm very honored to continue expanding those opportunities for students throughout our great state of California. And we know there's a lot more work to be done to expand opportunities for students in our community college system, in our CSU system, our UC system, and beyond, and all our independent colleges as well. So there's a lot of work to be done to expand opportunities for students here in California and beyond. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Excellent. Excellent. Are you able to highlight or touch upon the main priorities of the committee? The main priorities of our Assembly Higher Education Committee could be to continue to expand access and affordability for our students. And we know that whether it's at Pasadena City College or any of our community colleges, we needed to do more to expand basic needs, to expand housing opportunities, to expand opportunities for our students to transfer, to have those career technical education programs, to get the certificates, to obtain a good paying job. And also in our University of California system, to expand a number of opportunities for in-state students to have the opportunity to attend a University of California campus and to support community college transfers to our four-year institutions, including the CSU system as well. And I'm very honored to follow in the footsteps of Assemblymember Jose Medina, my predecessor, who laid the groundwork for Cal Grant reform. We know there's a lot more work to be done to expand access to financial aid. We know it's not fully implemented yet, but I'll continue to advocate for full implementation of Cal Grant reform and to expand opportunities around financial aid. And we know it's budget year this year, and we're hoping the state budget would be better next year, but there's much more work to be done to expand opportunities for higher education here in California. And when we look at the future of work as part of our mission, we know that community colleges prepare students not just only for transfer to a four-year college, but also prepare students for careers and high-paying jobs. And it's work around workforce development, working with our industry partners to really bring them to the table to make sure that our curriculum and our community colleges and our higher education systems meet the needs of industry And we know that the labor market is changing rapidly. And so now working closely on the higher education issues for California and as the chair, we make recommendations on hundreds of pieces of legislation to look at issues on community colleges for our segments of higher education. And we know that two of our three public higher education institutions will soon have new leaders, including the community college system and the CSU system. So look forward to working with them and working with them to continue to form solid working relationships to expand opportunities at all three segments of California's public higher education system, and to look at policies and procedures that will help our students in their student success and their journey here in California's higher education system. And I'm very honored to serve in those roles to really make sure that we're meeting the needs and to work with my colleagues to expand opportunities for students throughout California. Thank you. You touched on it holistically on what we as higher education institutions should be addressing and kind of keeping an eye on things. But if there were something very specific, I think through your lens, that we as a body of higher education institutions should be addressing as it relates to systemic barriers, what's on your radar about that? And what do you think through your lens, things that we should be addressing as a holistic system? In terms of addressing systemic barriers to improve student success, We know that each segment of California's higher education system has a duty to streamline those pathways to degree programs and to help assist and meet our students in their educational goals and to really simplify that transfer process and to maximize student success in all three systems of higher education. We know that there's more work to be done around these issues. And in recent years, 
working with my colleagues in the California State Legislature and the governor, we've adopted graduation initiatives and policies to help maximize the use of resources to help meet the needs of the workforce with additional certificates and degrees going forward. But one systemic barrier that we can address is continue to look at the three segments and how sometimes they may be working in silos and how we can increase uh, coordination between the three systems. And we know with the Master Plan of Higher Education has done an excellent job in delineating the missions and purpose of each of the three segments of California's higher education systems. We know there's more work to be done to further incentivize collaboration to maximize our resources here in California to really make sure that we're meeting the needs of the future of work here in California and to have a highly skilled workforce to meet the needs of tomorrow. And so one of the issues that we'll be focused on is how we can continue to work together with all three segments of California's higher education system to really make sure that we're working better together and ensuring um, more collaboration to meet the needs of our students. And we also know that we benefit from a higher education system that has multiple on and off ramps to a degree program. And we know that we need to continue to work together to really make sure that our students know the options that they have so they have seamless pathways and options to meeting their respective educational goals. You know, whether it's at a community college, whether it's at a CSU or at a UC, we need to continue to meet the needs of our students and meet them where they are. Great. I often wonder about how we as a system kind of approach our enrollment issues. It was experienced through the pandemic. Not many students were enrolling as we had hoped for, for various reasons, right? Various reasons that we all know of. Now I'm wondering kind of as we've come out of it and we're recovering, and we still have a long way to go for recovery, depending on who you ask, uh, my humble opinion, I think we have a quite a long way to go, but it's more about adapting to the new normal. And so with enrollment being in the forefront of our minds, how do we increase student enrollment? Like in what ways do you think that, you know, doing solutions that have been explored in your arena about increasing student enrollment? We know that with declining enrollment, and we saw very much a dip in enrollment during the pandemic and during COVID-19, an almost 20% decline in some of our community colleges. We know that it's starting to come back a bit, but we're not there. And we need to continue to meet students uh, where they are and to reach out to students in their educational journey. We also need to make sure that our curriculum is meeting the needs of our students to, for a career ladder training program for the additional skill sets that they may require to take a short-term program whether it's a few classes or that will lead to another degree that will lead to a better paying job. We also need to look at flexibility in terms of our scheduling in our community colleges. And so some community colleges are doing a hybrid approach now when we look at in-person versus virtual instruction versus a hybrid approach of including both, but also flexibility in terms of scheduling to meet the needs of our dynamic schedules of our student population. And we know that while we're continuing to see a little bit better in terms of the numbers right now, Community colleges are also doing innovative things across the state to increase enrollment, including partnering with our prison system to educate and provide training to folks who may be incarcerated, to modify courses when they're offered, and to offer a mix of in-person and online classes. We also need to look at how we can continue to expand dual enrollment opportunities with our local education agencies and to really make sure that throughout our state that we're offering these dual enrollment opportunities in all areas of our state. And this is one area that we've been seeing that has been a growth opportunity for our community colleges. Uh, another opportunity is to look at housing and the possibility of doing student housing on campuses. We know that a recent survey in Los Angeles Community Colleges showed that one out of five students was either housing insecure. And to really make sure that we look at additional resources on housing navigators on student housing issues and to look at possibility of building housing on some of our campuses. Orange Coast College has built student housing. Cerritos College has done some student housing. 
we know that those opportunities to build housing might be an opportunity to bring students back as well. And recently, I was at a community college enrollment fair at East Los Angeles College. And just to make sure that folks feel engaged, that the community is at the table, and that community colleges are open to our communities is so critical. We know that the majority of students who attend a community college come within the five-mile radius of our community colleges. So having those partnerships with local school districts, with our partners in education at all levels, to really make sure that we know that we're open. And so when we look at the UC system, it's been very robust in terms of the number of applications going forward. Some campuses have seen an increase in enrollment, while other campuses have seen a decline in enrollment. So at our CSU system as well, they're working closely with our community colleges to meet those needs and to make sure that those pathway programs and those transfer programs are seamless and to make sure that students know what classes they need to take to transfer seamlessly. So those are opportunities for all levels and all three systems of higher education to work collaboratively to address the enrollment decline that we've seen during the COVID-19 pandemic. But now as a system, whether it's community colleges, UC, or CSU, we need to make sure that our systems are available to all of the students in the community. So this is something that we'll be very focused on, and we'll be looking at how we continue to amplify these issues. We've had meetings in the state capitol to address these issues in our education sub to finance committee and higher ed to talk about these issues, but also looking at how we can provide additional funds in the budget process for enrollment and retention of our students. And we know that some community colleges have seen a boost in enrollment. I would like to see those community colleges work closely with some of their neighbors and other community colleges that may have experienced maybe a slight decline in how we can share best practices and to collaborate more in terms of our programming and to bring students back to our campuses. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there to make sure that we increase student enrollment from where we are now and to make sure that we're meeting the needs of students so that students see the value in pursuing their higher education goals and continue their educational journey here in California's higher education system. Thank you. Along the same thread, how do we help or assist this new wave of students that we're seeing in California overcome those barriers, specifically with first-generation and students in marginalized communities? Here in California, we know that we pride ourselves in being an inclusive state, and we know that with inclusion comes the need to provide equitable access to our students, and especially to our first-generation students or students that are disinvested communities. We know that there's more work to be done to make sure that we're providing equitable access and making sure that folks have the support necessary for their educational journey. And whether that support is in housing or in financial aid or in academic counseling or looking at transportation issues. Right now, there's a bill in the California state legislature that would provide free transit passes for every community college student in California. We know that Metro has worked with our community colleges in Los Angeles on this, but we know that there's more work to be done across our state on some of the basic needs issues. I also have a bill, Assembly Bill 1096, that will allow colleges to teach coursework in languages other than English. If signed into law, this bill will allow immigrants to learn content, a trade, for example, maybe childcare or another certificate type of training program in their native language. And so this is Assembly Bill 1096, and the Los Angeles Community College District is a sponsor of this bill. And we've been working closely on this to expand those opportunities to teach coursework in languages other than English. And then also look at how we can provide additional support for our, our student success centers and to provide those opportunities for additional counseling and academic supports if students need it. But also looking at how we continue to expand opportunities for undocumented students as well. I have a bill, Assembly Bill 1540, that will streamline the process for students when they fill out the affidavit form to have that in collaboration with the California Student Aid Commission so that the student just has to fill out one form. 
and that form would be distributed to all systems of higher education when they, students apply for different admissions to different universities here in California. So there's more work to be done to help our first-generation students here in California to really make sure that we're meeting the needs of our students and to really make sure that students know that our campuses are open and we're here and we're here to serve. Thank you. It reminds me of an earlier conversation I had earlier today with Dr. Shannon LeCount from Mentor Collective. And she said something that really struck a chord with me is we talk a lot about first-generation students, but what about first-generation professionals? We forget that these first-generation students are also first-generation professionals in their family. I'm curious about your opinion or your lens on how we as community colleges can work together in order to best prepare our students for the workforce, in many cases, first-generation professionals. In terms of first-generation professionals and throughout their journey in higher education, we need to make sure that our curriculum is meeting the needs of industry so that students, when they come out of a community college or when they graduate from a a higher education institution, that there's a job and a skill set that's waiting for them that they can apply for And that's throughout the state as well. We know that there's different pockets of areas of California that may have biotech or cloud computing or technology, but we need to expand those hubs across the state and working with our strong workforce programs here in California. We know there's the LA, whether it's one program we did in the LA community colleges, we work closely with the California cloud computing workforce program, and that trains students in a Amazon web services curriculum where students were able to take a number of courses, maybe five or six courses, and it led to an AWS certificate, which led to a job. And so when we look at opportunities for students to best possibly enter the workforce at our community colleges, it's important to make sure that our curriculum is meeting the needs of industry. One of the program I'd like to highlight is a program we did at LA Trade Technical College in Southern California with Griffles Biotech Company in the El Sereno area of Los Angeles, bordering Alhambra. When we looked at a lab tech training program, Students were able to take courses at LA Trade Tech, at East Los Angeles College, and a number of institutions to look at how we can provide those opportunities for students to get a job at a biotech facility. And when we look at the future of automobiles, when we look at electric vehicles, we know the number of community colleges are starting to offer coursework in EV and really make sure that those opportunities are there. And we know we have a healthcare workforce shortage here in California. So whether it's nursing programs or other healthcare fields and allied healthcare fields, Our community colleges have these high demand programs and how we can continue to expand those opportunities for students to receive these degrees and to take classes in nursing and different allied healthcare fields to meet the needs of our healthcare workforce shortage, especially with a lot of our healthcare workers experiencing burnout during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we're so grateful to all the nurses and to all the healthcare professionals for everything that they've done during these very challenging times. And so to your question specifically about how we can continue to work closely with our first generation professionals. I think it's very critical that we provide them the skill sets necessary to get a good paying job in a career ladder program. That's the work that you highlight here on the Future Work podcast each and every time. So we need to continue to do more to work with industry partners and to work with our community colleges and our education partners to continue building out these high growth sector training programs. Thank you. Speaking of high training programs and what comes to mind too is dual enrollment. That's a beautiful pathway into all three higher education, public institutions, is I'm thinking about, is the committee looking at how dual enrollment and these vocational training programs that you just mentioned, several examples of that we're doing really well in the area, but as a mechanism to promote student success? 
And we share a little bit of any kind of intel around that. In terms of the work that our committee is doing and working with my colleagues, we know that the Strong Workforce Program and the College and Career Access Pathways Partnerships are excellent programs to provide streamlined pathways for our community college students to provide vocational training and dual enrollment programs in their respective communities. And I highly recommend any community college that is not doing this yet to continue to look at these opportunities as a means for expansion to build those programs out. Working closely with our local school districts and working closely with our county board of education, these are opportunities across the state of California that we can continue to expand dual enrollment programs so that our students, whether they're freshmen or sophomores in high school, have the opportunity to take community college coursework and to take college coursework to give them that leg up when they do apply to colleges. It's so critical, especially for first-generation students as well. And as you mentioned, this is the, one of the areas that has been a growth opportunity in our community colleges. And recently with the new chancellor of the community colleges, Dr. Sonia Christian, who will be starting soon, she's indicated that dual enrollment and vocational training are a couple of her top priorities as she assumes office. I'm so excited to be working with her and her team in their endeavors to expand these opportunities across California. And I'm always going to be here to advocate along with my colleagues for those additional dual enrollment opportunities here in California. We know that it's working. It's a lot of good work. And there's more work to be done to make these programs even better and working to make sure that these programs are available and accessible to students throughout our state, whether somebody may be in a rural area, an urban area, suburban area, that our community colleges are open, they're accessible, and that they're meeting the needs for dual enrollment and vocational training opportunities. And we know that there's a number of uh, educational facilities bonds over the years in different community colleges and different areas and across the state. And when Bill Havrain has Assembly Bill 247, that we'll look at additional opportunities for funding for community college facilities across our state of California, from TK to 14 to our community colleges. So this is something that we're going to continue to look at, how we can expand and to build out our vocational training programs and the trades and to meet the needs of industry. And there's more work to be done around these issues because we know that a lot of these programs lead to pathways that lead to good jobs and to good careers as well. So I look forward to continue to expand student success in colleges and our workforce as we go forward and to look at how we can continue to expand dual enrollment vocational training programs in California. Absolutely. Well said, Assemblymember Member Fong. Thank you. I think as we kind of come to the sunset of our conversation, I always like to ask this question because it's important and relevant to our work and practitioners in this arena, in our arena, is if there was one thing that you would like our listener to understand and take away from our conversation and the topics that impacts their future work, what would it be? We know that every decade, every century, especially in the last recently, has been marked by immense innovation that has led to drastic changes in our workforce. We know that the average that a person during their lifetime will change jobs on an average of seven times. So with the expansion of the technology and AI and virtual reality, we know that the future work is ever changing and it's happening at a rapid clip. But one thing that has also remained very consistent over the last decades and last century, we know the value of post-secondary education is so important to really provide that leg up for our students to move into the middle class, to have those skill sets to move into solid careers. And we know that there's more work to do to make sure that the value of the post-secondary degree continues to assist those who seek better lives and to really make sure that our campuses and our educational institutions have the curriculum to meet the needs of the future of work. And so I encourage everyone to continue to persist in their educational journey here in California. We know that's important. It's always been the one thing that can transform lives and generations here in California is the pursuit of higher education 
and beyond and lifelong learning. I encourage everyone to continue lifelong learning, whether it's in the arts and the humanities or different languages. It's so important to really have those opportunities. Our community colleges are so critical to those lifelong learning opportunities as well, as well as our other segments of higher education here. And know that we're here to serve you, work closely with our students, faculty and staff and administration to continue to embrace the hopes and aspirations of our students here in the great state of California. Once again, thank you so much. If there are listeners who would like to connect with you, Assemblymember Fong, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Thank you so much, Dr. Kumo. Folks can connect with us through email. My email is assemblymember.mikefong at assembly.ca.gov. We're also on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And the handle is at ASM Mike Fong. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for making the time to speak with me today. It's been absolutely lovely. And most importantly, thank you for your support and dedication to our community colleges and being such a champion on public education, specifically higher ed. Thank you. Thank you for being a public servant. Thank you for your leadership and efforts at Pasadena City College with this podcast and the future of work. And thank you for everything you've done to uplift California here. Really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.